across the world, real estate agents are underachieving. They're missing out on millions of dollars in commissions. My name is Pat Hyben, and in the past 27 years, I've sold over 6,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in real estate volume. My plan is to interview agents from across the world and help all agents create their destiny. You guys have heard me talk a lot about this program that I'm creating and I basically met with eight of the world's top listing agents and recorded their candid no holds barred interviews with sellers and what they say to a seller, what they don't say to a seller, how they get a listing. We've broken it down into six chapters. It's about 12 hours of video and uh, we're going to be selling it as a course. But up until then, up until the point that it's ready, offering 30 minutes of it that you could watch for free and kind of beta test for me. Tell me what you like about it, what you don't like about it. So if you want to beta test this and you want to check out some of it for free, the section I'm giving away free is on touching and rapport building. I know that sounds odd, but each of the agents I talked to had ideas of where to touch, like don't touch a guy on his hands. Uh, unless it's a handshake and stuff like that and there's also a bunch of stuff on rapport building you know like what to say and how to find commonality and just all kinds of neat stuff so if you want to watch that you get it for free go to hybendigital.com backslash rebus hybendigital.com backslash r-e-b-u-s and you'll get a free copy of that and let me know what you think of it thanks Okay, Rockstar Nation, we have a great guest today, David Serzik from Atlanta, Georgia, a new inductee into Realtor Magazine's Top 30 Under 30, and we're going to find out how this young man is killing it in Atlanta, GA, and what he is doing and what anybody should be doing immediately. So without further ado, David, welcome to Pat Hyben Interviews Real Estate Rockstars. Thanks, Pat. Thanks for having me. Uh, Ready to go. So why don't you tell our audience a little bit about you, David, so they can get to know you better? Great. Yeah, thanks. Um, I uh, I started in real estate about four years ago, but I grew up in a family of, I'd say, real estate um, entrepreneurs. My mom was an agent and my dad is a builder. So I tell people when people were going to church on Sunday, my family was going to look at property. And so I grew up around real estate and always knew that this was kind of the direction I wanted to head. Um, went to the University of Georgia, got my undergraduate degree in real estate. Then I grew once I graduated, I went to Georgia Tech and got my master's degree in construction and was doing a little bit of commercial real estate out of college and realized that I loved doing what I was doing, but I wanted to have more interaction daily with my customers. And I said, hey, residential is the path to go. And, you know, ever since then, it's kind of been history. So uh, I've been doing residential now for four years. I've got a team set up. It's me and a partner. and We've got an assistant that helps us. And, uh, you know, we strive to to be the best. And obviously, um you know, we, you know, I tell people my motto is, you know, I want to be their realtor for life. You know, this is not a one-time transaction for me. I want to be the person they call every three to four years when they're ready to buy or sell. And so far it's worked pretty well. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so what do you think, David, that you learned from, you know, a degree in real estate and a master's degree in building that sets you apart from other agents starting out in this business, aside from, the knowledge. How was how your mindset different, you think? You know, it's funny. I, I always say, I always wonder this, and I say, you know, 
I learned a, a lot of textbook stuff, you know, in undergraduate. I learned a lot of real estate about easements and surveys, et cetera. But obviously a lot of what I've learned is just came from day-to-day interaction and experience in the industry. And, you know, I would say my probably the best thing that I've done that's helped my business is my master's degree in construction. I mean, it gives me the opportunity um, and it gives me kind of a tool to use for my clients to say, hey, guys, here's what we can do to this house. I can walk into a house pretty quickly and say, here's what it would cost to get this house up to shape or get this house, you know, to current standard or make this an open floor plan or renovate this master bathroom. And I could throw a pretty good estimate for cost out there pretty quickly. And so by having that ability, it gives my clients kind of another outlook. So for a lot of people who walk into a house and say, this house isn't for me, I can sit there and say, well, why not? And how can we fix it? And surprisingly, it's worked. And I've had a bunch of clients who've done renovations, who have done renovation loans and have gone through that process and, you know, have turned out to have great houses. And so that's something that I think that I, you know, I have that adds value that maybe a lot of other realtors don't. Yeah, absolutely. I can see how they would, they, they would value you as an advisor, almost like a, a mix between a lawyer and an architect and a supervisor for a construction field, all wrapped up with a real estate license. It's, it's pretty cool actually. So, so, okay. So let's get uh, some nitty gritty down. So you four years in the biz. What, how, how many houses did you sell last year? Last year, we sold, as a team, we sold about 80, some, 80, I'd say 80 plus transactions. And I think it was individually about 50. And our volume was 35 million as a team and 18 million individuals. So like I said, there's me and a partner and then, um, or excuse me, partner and I, and then I've got uh, Leslie who works with us and she's our assistant. And so just the three of us. Wow. So it's just the three of you, you and your partner. And it sounds like your business is about 50%, your partner, 50% yours, and then you share an assistant. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep, it reminds me of myself back in the early '90s. I had uh, a partner, Dan Sobis, and we shared an assistant, and uh, and that was fun times. That was uh, that was that's a good way to do it, you know. Um, so, with you and your partner, do you how do you work the commissions? Do you just take what you sell, or do you throw it all into a pot and split it up? You know, we my partner and I started at the same time, and so we were both new agents coming from a salary position, going into this commission world where you know, everything was unpredictable and we read, you know, our previous brokerage together and we sat there and we kind of, you know, used each other as almost competition to strive to be better. And so we became good friends through that process and, and almost like my sister now, and, and I view her that way. And so we, we work a lot of our business together. We share a lot of business, but then we have our own clients and we keep a lot of our stuff separate. It really just depends um, on the deal, obviously, but you know, one of the main things about having a group and a partner is that it gives me the, you know, the option or, and the opportunity to just get an idea and get ideas from other people and bounce new marketing ideas off other people and also to get help when needed. I mean, look, I'm, I've only been in the business four years, so things come up that I've never seen before. And just having yeah. another, having another person just to, just to rely on to, um, to give me some answers or to give me an opinion on something is, is very valuable. And yeah, so that's kind of why we do what we do. Hundred percent. I love it. I love it. And and it sounds like basically. So if you guys are working a deal together, you're too busy. You got a wedding to go to on Saturday, and and these people want to go out to look. You flip them to your partner. You guys split the commission or figure it out. If you do the whole deal yourself and your partner's never involved, then you take the whole big commission. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Look, I like I, look, I, Pat. I love real estate, but at the same time, I mean, and I know you know this too. You got to have a life. And, and yeah. You know, I've, I've just been married two years and that's important to me and spending time with my wife and traveling and doing things like that's important. And if that means that, you know, I don't make the entire commission amount, then that's fine. Um, you know, I realize that you've got to have a good balance. You know, this job is, is, 
has became, uh, excuse me, has become a 24 hour job, especially yeah. with technology, the way we have it nowadays. I mean, you get text messages all, you know, all throughout the night and emails mm. all yeah. morning and, and it's important. It's important to take time to your, you know, take time away. And, and I, I think that's important. And, and as I've gotten busier and busier, I still think it's important. I still make sure to, to that I have that time to, to do what I love and which is, you know, obviously hang out with my wife and, and to travel. And so, um, you know, anyone new getting the business, I tell them that I say, you know, look, you got to work hard and work harder than everybody else. But at the same time, make sure you take time to yourself. You can, you know, you'll get burned out very quickly working, you know, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Yeah. And I think people undervalue that, don't they? They undervalue the paying for the experience. I think, you know what I mean? Like, like they'll say, Oh, I could never take off. I don't want to do a partnership. They may look at your deal and say, I don't want to do a partnership. I don't want to give half my commission to somebody, you know, or, or even more maybe, or whatever, especially if it's a big deal and it's going to be a fat check or whatever. But at, at the end of the day, they're really undervaluing the value of, of that week in Hawaii or that two weeks in Australia or whatever, whatever the heck you're going, right? It's not worth it to them. Exactly. Interesting, you, know, you, know? you know, Pat, you have to recharge your batteries. And so if you do this every day for a month straight, you're going to be tired and you're going to be out of juice. And I can say, you know, sometimes taking some time away and getting back into the office, rejuvenated, back to work and aggressive will lead to more business than just working, you know, 35 days or 40 days straight without having any time to yourself. And so I definitely try to take, you know, I've just started this past year taking one day a weekend or one day a week off um, where I can just kind of recharge, you know, spend time with family, spend time with our dogs, do stuff around the house. And, and, you know, I tell my clients that, Hey guys, I'm, this is what I'm doing. And I'm available 24 hours of the day of the day, you know, six days a week, any other time, you know, that, and one day, you know, unless it's an emergency, I'm not available. And, and you'd be surprised how many people understand that and, and are understanding of the situation. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So, okay. So 80 deals, it's no joke. 50 deals almost are yours half an assistant essentially because you're sharing one i mean i mean you're you're doing some great numbers here so where are you getting these deals every month you know we um i used my construction background when i first got in the business um and i had you know not many clients i said you know i can only do so much resale or i can only do so much business off referrals and i said if i'm gonna you know grow to be to grow this business to be huge I need to figure out a new way. And so my partner found an opportunity, um, at least in the Atlanta market, to to kind of strive on new construction. And so we um, started going out, knocking on doors, sending letters, doing kind of the old school marketing ideas um, that, you know, we hear of from that agents used to do. And we went back to those things and started approaching these people direct and saying, hey, we've got builders in the neighborhood who need land. Are you interested in selling? And a lot of times people just didn't realize that, you know, the builders, that there was a demand out there. And so We'd find the land and we bring it to a builder. And that's kind of how we um, kind of grew our business. And now we work with probably seven to eight builders in the Atlanta market, all in different neighborhoods. And, and you know, that's probably about 60 percent of our business. And so it gives us an opportunity to when the resale market is slowed down or when the buyer pool has kind of dried up that we've got this new construction that, hey, we can always rely back on this. And so let me get this straight. Are you guys just kind of scouring the MLS for lots, or are you prospecting to farmers and things like that saying, hey, do you want to sell your land? We do both. We do both. And so, you know, obviously the MLS is a great is a great tool for everyone to look at to find property. But, you know, everybody's on the MLS. And so as this market gets crazier and crazier, you know, over here in Atlanta, obviously demand is at an all-time high and supply is at a low. You know, we are finding that we are having to go out there and find business and find lots kind of a little bit different than the way that we used to. And so if that's us stopping in, you know, on somebody that's just doing yard work on a Sunday 
or if that's us finding on the MLS. I mean, we'll do kind of whatever it takes in order to see if we can find someone to sell. And we are not cold calling. I tell people that in advance. I said, I do not call people and just say, you know, I, I try to meet them in person and we knock on doors. And I think that goes a long way. And so how do you work this with the builder? You, you obviously, you take a commission for bringing, for finding them, for putting the deal together. And then do you tell them that you want uh, commissions on the lots? Do you tell them you want part of the development? Uh, talk, talk to me about that. You know, it just depends. It's, you know, every builder's different. Um, usually that the, if we, you know, if you bring a lot to a builder, the builder would be willing to let you list their new construction. Um, so, you know, that's kind of where we have, um, had a lot of our volume from. I mean, obviously, you know, the land market in the areas we're in, we sell new construction anywhere from 300,000 to 1.5 million. And so it's a wide range. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, builders are all different. Obviously some builders have the realtors that they are just their people that work for their company. And so there's obviously those deals, but you know, we take it, you know, we, we find an opportunity and we, and we find the buyer and, and that's kind of how, what we've done. And it's been a great process. That's cool. I love it. I love it. So talk to me about the 30 under 30, okay? Because I think there's some people listening out there that are thinking to themselves, hey, that's pretty cool. How'd this guy do that? You know, he seems like a pretty normal guy, laid back, you know, a nice guy. Uh, how did he in four years achieve this goal? What what specifically did you do? Why do you think they chose you? You know, Pat, um, one of my things is I believe in a vision board. And so, you know, as I sit here with you now, I'm looking at my vision board and which is my goals for the next year, the next two years, the next three years. And so when I started in this business, I had a vision board and on my vision board was obviously goals that I had in life, but also goals that I wanted to do in business. And there was a volume amount. And, and one of my goals, I remember the day I, I think it was a week or two into real estate, um, this realtor magazine came across my desk and it had the 30 under 30. And I saw the volume that um, these candidates were having. And I said, I said, wow, that's unbelievable. And I said, you know, that's one of my goals. I want to be 30 under 30. I looked at my partner and I said, I'm going to be one of these people. And she said, she, you know, she laughed at the time I was doing, you know, my first year I did, I think it was $4 million in sales. And she said, yeah, right. You know, we, and that'll never happen. And I said, well, look, it's something to work to. And I'll look at it every day. And, and that's kind of what I did. And, and, you know, I come to the office every day. I'm trying to be the first one in. I try to be the last to leave. You know, I look at my vision board daily. I look at my goal and I realize, and it reminds me, Hey, this is what I'm working for. This is what I'm working towards. This is what I want to become. And in this case, 30 under 30 was something that I always wanted. And this year, you know, with my last year's sales, I said it came up in my office that it was, a, it might be the year. And I said, you know, I'm going to go ahead and apply. And we went through the whole application process and then it got down to the final 50, which um, was an honor that I even got selected to those 50. And then I got notified that I was the final 30 and it you know, it was a dream come true. At least for me, it was something that, you know, accomplishing a goal, there's nothing like that feeling. I mean, that's really an amazing feeling. And so that's kind of a little bit about the 30 under 30 story. And it's it's just an honor. I mean, it's an honor to be considered, you know, one of the, you know, 30, you know, 30 so-called best realtors or 30 so-called, you know, most involved realtors in, in the United States. I mean, it's, you know, that's amazing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the most satisfying things of life is being able to actualize a goal, being able to manifest something and, and knowing that you did it on your own. You know what I mean? And that uh, you created that. So w tell me about this vision board. So what else you got up there? <laughs> you know, um, the one that I'm looking at in front of me now, I've got a uh, new car. Um, I've got a guy who is lifting weights. Um, and like I said, some of the stuff is business related. I've got um, some investment property. It's always been a goal of mine to own rental property. Mm. Um, it's got a picture of the world just because, hey, look, I want to travel. As I mentioned earlier, I like traveling. It's got a nice picture of a watch. It's got a picture of my wife. 
Um, and then it's got a picture of about 50 different suits. Um, I try and tend to, I find that in this business, you need to dress professionally. Um, I have a lot of suits, but I'm always in the need for more. And so as I get the opportunity, I try to cross something off my vision board. And so um, looking at the one I have now, I have little check marks next to the things that I've already been able to do within the last you know, seven and eight months. And so looking at this every day and looking at the check marks just reminds me why I'm doing what I'm doing. And so I love it. Yep. I love it. The only thing I change there or make sure you're aware of there is set some goals that are actually wealth goals, some savings goals, like $100,000 in one single bank account or, you know, three bars of gold. And you know that, uh, and, out, and I have no idea, but, you know, each bar is worth this much or house one, house two. I like how you got the rental properties. That's good. You know, maybe, you know, set a goal for how much money you want to come out of each house uh, profit, you know, thousand dollars times five, you want five grand in horizontal income every month. Some people get lost in the material things. And then next thing you know, the market shifts and boom, they're, uh, they're readjusting the vision board, so to speak. Yeah, you're hundred percent right, Pat. And I mean, I've been, you know, like I said, having a, a dad that's a builder and a mom and my mom who's in real estate, I realized that, Hey, this thing is a cycle and it's got its ups and downs. And, you know, you gotta be prepared for that because it will happen. And so, you're 100% right. It's something to definitely that I would recommend having on their vision board. For some reason on this one, I don't have it. My old one, I did. But um, 100%, you're right. It's something that I should have. And, and you know, I always do think, obviously, long-term and investment-wise. And so that's obviously important. And um, you're 100% right with that. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Okay, so uh, take us back uh, four years. It's only been four years, but take us back to that first year. How'd you get business, right? How'd you <laughs> get your first 10 deals? You know, the first year, I think I sold maybe 16 houses. And I, when I first got in the business, I said, Hey, all of my business is going to be off referrals and friends. I said, Hey, if I just do friends and referrals, I'll be just fine. And then I slowly realized that I just can't rely on that. And I wanted to be bigger. And so I would meet with my, with my partner now partner at the time, it was just colleague. And we would just come up with new ideas every week or two of new ways for us to get business. And we still do that today. I mean, my team meets twice a week. When I say team, it's just the three of us. And we go over new ideas for us to get business. And so, you know, the perfect example is when we first started, um, my business was kind of slow. I had some extra time and I said, hey, I'm going to go to a foreclosure auction with my business card and see if I can meet anybody. Um, and I went over there and I started talking to people. I gave my card out, had a buyer who ended up calling me. He was interested in buying some rental property. Um, he was not an investor, not a flipper, none of those people. He just wanted, well, I guess it was an investor, excuse me, was an investor. He just wanted to keep rental property. And um, he became one of my best clients and I still work with him to this day. And so it's thinking outside wow. the box that is what we do. And that is a way that I think I've got my business. So I meet with new agents all the time in my office and they ask me, they pick my brain. They say, how can we get more business? Should we do open houses? Should we do these things? And I always answer yes. I mean, there's always that business that's <laughs> yeah. going to come off of those things. But you've got to think outside the box. You've got to think what other people aren't thinking. And so even though it might sound crazy, doing things that you might not think would work sometimes end up working. And so I used to go to Starbucks and just um, talk to people and, and offer to buy people coffee if they'd give me two minutes of their time and I could tell them a little about myself and a little bit about what I do. And, you know, never got any business off of it, but I still do believe that, you know, that I had the potential that, hey, I could have turned this into one client, it would have been worth it. And so it's just thinking that way and, and training your mind just to think differently. And that's what we've done. And, and every year we continue to do it. You know, I don't get complacent. I don't, I'm not happy with where I am. I want to keep growing and growing. And so for me, it's thinking of new ideas like that every week. And, and every week we're thinking of new things. And some of them are crazy and some of them are, are pretty simple, but it works. And so, you know, I'd recommend that to anybody. 
Yeah, I love it. I love it. You know, you got to put yourself out there and into the universe and the universe will work for you. You know, God helps those that help themselves. I'm, I'm a big believer of that. So, you know, you deserved to get that investor because you took the effort and went out there and opened your mouth. You know, a lot of people might have shown up and not opened their mouth. A lot of people might not have shown up at all. But you're right about that. When you're when you're talking to other agents and, and they're asking you, should I do this? Should I do this? It's, you know, almost all the time the answer is yes, everything works. Nothing doesn't. Yeah, you're 100% right. You're correct. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Okay. So talk to me about listings a little bit. Like when you go in on a listing appointment, what do you do to ensure that you get that if they're interviewing other agents? You know, it's funny. Um, We just had this conversation this week at our meeting and we are actually um, tweaking our listing presentation as we speak. Um, I used to go off of just a hard piece of paper and I brought a copy for everybody. I'm changing to using an iPad format. I think that as technology grows and grows in our everyday lives and include and, and in real estate, obviously, um, it is important to show the sellers that we are kind of top of the line. We're ahead of the curve when it comes to technology. And so we have a listening presentation that we are working on currently that will be all on an iPad. It'll be set up at a computer at a at the table with my clients. Um, I usually send them a pre-list of questions prior to me meeting with them. And um, obviously I kind of talk to them on the phone and try to have the conversation, figure out what their motivation is, where they're going, what their plan is, what their price is, what they were thinking. If they're interviewing other agents, I am running into it a lot now where I'm interviewing up against three or four different agents. I am reminding my, the clients just to do, you know, to make sure that they've got a list of questions that they ask every realtor. Do you do this full time? You know, do you Look at their Zillow, look at their realtor profile, look at their reviews on Facebook. I mean, these are important things. Um, and so, you know, those are things we're doing and, and we're still trying to tweak this. So it's never, it's not perfect. And I think it's going to, we're going to have to tweak it every year moving forward, but we're just trying to make ourselves different than everybody else. You know, everyone is doing the same old thing, going into a listing presentation with the package, showing a CMA and all that. We're trying to differentiate ourselves and, and how, how we're going to do that. We're working towards it and hopefully have a good answer here in the next few months. And then you can have me back on and we can go through it again. Yeah, no, no. Well, we're just upgrading to the the iPad, I think, is huge, you know, and just being, uh, you know, aware. You got to step up the game. Yeah, exactly. Or you're going to lose. So, okay, so talk to me then, uh, talking about iPads. What about technology? What technology do you like now? If it's it's apps, if it's... You know, technology-wise, we're using... We are using Hows, H-O-U-Z-Z. Um, I'm a big fan of Hows. I tell my clients, a lot of times right now, people don't have the vision. They walk into a house and they can't imagine what a kitchen would look like um, if it had painted cabinets or if it had a new backsplash. And so I pull up my house right then and there. I Google you know, white kitchen cabinets with gray backsplash and I show them pictures and people can then envision what the house can look like. And so I find that to be a great tool for realtors, something that we probably are not using enough. But obviously, you know, I am using the realtor.coms. I am using the Zillows of the world. They do use those apps. Um, I do find them beneficial. I, I do tell my clients to obviously use them as well. But I personally am using Hal's probably more often than I'm using the realtor and the Zillows. And in case those out there who don't know what Hal's is, H-O-U-Z-Z, it is a website where anybody can be a member of it. It's almost like a Pinterest where you can upload projects that you've done on your house um, for example, a kitchen or a bathroom or a landscape project, and you can put details of where you bought everything and what the names are and what the product numbers are. And and so, you know, in this business, giving somebody that option and showing them what the house could be, you know, is one of those things that 
uh, is kind of, I think it's, it's with supply being the way it is right now, people have to have an open eye and, and they have to be able to be open to the fact that a house might need some uh, updates. And so by having house, I can show them that opportunity and, and it's worked and people have had beautiful houses. I mean, I get text messages from clients every other week of pictures of updates they've done to their house that they get on, that they found online that, and they say, Hey, this, has this added value to my house? And hundred percent it has. I mean, it, it makes it look fresh. It makes it look new. I mean, those are things people want now. And so, you know, I think it's interesting to see which way technology is headed. Um, I think, you know, I use these apps a lot. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see kind of how real estate, you know, how the technology starts kind of, you know, adapting. And I think one of the things we're seeing here in Atlanta is the showing time. I mean, now all of our showings are going through a, you know, third party software. We, we give a time and we do it on the computer and they set up a showing for us. And so it's interesting to see, you know, what is coming out and all the new technology. Yeah, I 100% agree that, that that's something that every agent should have. And I'll tell you, you know, and I don't know what the statistics are. Maybe you know this as a builder and remodeler and, or father in the business, that sort of thing. But I would imagine that there's more remodeling going on in North America than any other time before. And, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe when uh, people were able to get a home equity loan in their house, they, they did a ton of that. But I'm thinking that a couple of things. Number one, I'm thinking, you know, the average seller today is 67. The average buyer is 37. If you think about a 67-year-old seller, you know, they've got a lot of equity and they probably haven't upgraded as much as a 37-year-old would want it to be upgraded. And so you're going to have the ability as a 37-year-old or, or less buyer to to want to you know see what it's going to look like to see you know to be able to look on a, an ipad and say you know what does a walk-in closet look like in a finished basement or whatever you know whatever you want and um so i can totally see the reason why that would be key right now do you, do you know anything about that you know i don't know enough about the stats but i can tell you you know in atlanta look like i mentioned earlier supply is low and so there are a lot of buyers out there and it is hard to find a, you know, a house that meets 10 out of 10 things on the must have list. And so I tell my clients, I say, look, maybe we can find eight of 10. And then the two of 10 that we're missing, we could potentially add. And so you've got to get creative in this market right now. Um, again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm speaking for Atlanta, the Atlanta market, but you've got to get creative. And sometimes right now, that's what we're having to do in order to, for a client to find a house. Yeah. Um, but I don't know about the statistics and I think it'd be interesting to hear, you know, what someone... Yeah what the numbers are. Yeah. If anybody knows that, uh, please reach out to us on, uh, Pat Hyben interviews, real estate rock stars on uh, Facebook, the private Facebook group. And I think it's true too, with all the foreclosures and all the, I mean, think about 10 years ago, there wasn't a single flip this house show on the air. And, and now there's like 45 different ones on every channel. I mean, there's obviously a lot of flipping. There's a lot of upgrade. There's a ton of stuff going on. So I could see how house on an iPad is, is almost like a must have for anybody showing houses nowadays. Yep. Yep. Exactly. I mean, you know, it's like I said, it's came up big for me a few times before, but hasn't, I wouldn't speak to it, you know, and, and it's, it's helped me out and it's helped me get deals done. And ultimately you know, that's important. And so, yeah, I mean, I'd recommend house to anybody and um, I'm on there so they can search me and they can see some stuff, you know, they have a Pinterest board, so to speak. So I, you know, I, I can pack things that I like and jobs that some of my clients have done and I put stuff on there and, and I love it. So it's really, it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. 
Okay, so David, let's wrap this up with our flagship question, and that is this. Let's say I put you, I'm going to make this a little more interesting, okay? So there's 30 people that won the 30 under 30, right? And so you probably met a bunch of them um, and know them all now. It's kind of a mastermind, or it will be at least. And let's say I took all 30 of you guys, and I put you on a new island, and uh, on this island, there's a lot of commerce. People are buying and selling houses, but none of the 30 know a soul on the island, right? So you're all going to go out there and you're going to try to sell the most houses. And one by one, whoever sells the least amount of houses gets thrown off of this game show. After about 30 weeks, the last person standing is you, right? How are you going to make this happen? How are you going to beat the other 29, 30, under 30 agents and outsell them in this scenario? You know, Pat, when I, when I, I've heard this question, obviously, in, in some of your past podcasts, and I, and I was thinking to myself, when you were going to ask this, I said, I potentially first take the $500 and see if I could bring someone to come help me fly them in from the U S or something, you know, and, and bring a team member or something. Cause I do think it having help is, is important. But in this case, obviously if I was the only one and I had to do it on my own, I mean, I would just do, I would just think outside the box. And so it start with, I'd probably head up to the local cafe, as I mentioned earlier, sit there with a cup of coffee with $5 gift cards and go ahead and start buying everybody that walks in gift cards, giving them my business card, telling them about what I do. Um, and tell them about what I have to offer them. And the hope would be that from that, potentially I could get one or two sellers, maybe one or two buyers, and then potentially gr keep growing that business. But that would just be a one-day thing. I mean, this is not something that you could do every day. So every day you'd have to think something of something else. So maybe day two, I would door knock. Um, potentially on day three, I would I'd, <laughs> I would potentially just go stand on the curb with the sign, you know, suggesting what I do or having maybe my Instagram handle or my email or something along those lines. But every day I think of something new, something what, something that the other 29 people are not thinking about, something that's going to set myself above the rest. I mean, I could guess that the other 29 people are all going to do pretty similar things just based on what we know in the industry of what works. But I would make sure to do things that people have never heard of um, and that things that might work, I'd potentially hold a happy hour uh, with an open bar, um, invite everyone that I've met at the Starbucks to come out, hope, invite them to bring friends. Hopefully from that, I get more business. So I would just keep thinking that way, keep kind of expanding my network. And the hope would be, you know, through time that it would grow and grow. And by the time week 30 came around, that I've got so many referrals that I'd be the only one left on the island. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, I can visualize you there, you know. Throwing on your suit and and just waking up early and going out there and just shaking hands and passing out cards and opening your mouth because it's worked for you so far. There's no reason it won't keep working. Yeah, you know you you know one thing, Pat. Uh, of just I got some advice early in the industry and it was always have a business card with you. No matter what happens, have a business card. Doesn't matter where you go, even if you're on vacation. If you come up to me at any time, I'll have a card in my pocket because you would be surprised who you can meet you know, on a plane or, you know, on vacation that might ask you for your card or might know somebody that lives in the neighborhood or might have a referral for you. So I always keep my card on me and I'd recommend that for any, anybody in the industry. Awesome. I love it, David. Well, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thanks for being so candid and sharing with everybody and, and anybody listening. If you, if you have a referral in Atlanta, Georgia, got the guy, he's, he's on top of things there. So definitely look him up and I want to put all of David's information and everything we talked about on the show notes at hybendigital.com backslash David. David, I'm going to let you spell your last name here. Okay, and I'm actually going to put a quick plug in for myself while I'm here. Yeah, um, please. My Instagram account is 
I'm trying to up my followers. Obviously, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter are all big things in this industry. And so my name is David. My last name is Sirzik, S-I-R-Z like zebra, Y-K. You can reach me at David at Beecham, B-E-A-C-H-A-M.com. Please follow me on Instagram. That's D as in David, S-I-R-Z-Y-K. That's my first initial, last name. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and also friend me on Facebook. Awesome, buddy. Have a great day. All right, Pat. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much, guys, for listening to Pat Hyben Interviews Real Estate Rockstars. Please don't forget that if you go to hybendigital.com, we have tons and tons of resources that you could use for free to help you make more commissions selling real estate. Every episode is on there, over 350 And there's a search bar that you could just type in the name of the episode, the number of the episode, or any category or keyword that you want, like FISBOs, expireds, expansion teams, buyer agents, whatever. And episodes will come up that match that. Another thing you could really help me out with is you can go to iTunes and give me a five-star review there. The more reviews I get... The higher in the rankings I climb and the better guests I'll be able to get for your listening pleasure. Thanks again so much for listening. And don't forget, every episode, write down two or three things and put them to work. Make them part of your goal setting and make it happen. I'd love to hear from you. Please reach out. We're on Twitter, at Pat Hyben. We're on Instagram, Real Estate Rockstar Podcast. And we're all over Facebook on Six Steps to Seven Figures and Pat Hyben Interviews Real Estate Rockstars. And don't forget, if you want to hear more of me, my awesome book that is a New York Times bestseller, Six Steps to Seven Figures, is now out on audio. Just go to audible.com, type in Pat Hyben or Six Steps to Seven Figures, and you can listen to it. And of course, the paperback and ebooks are also available now at excellent prices. Have a great day, and don't forget, Rockstar Nation, keep rocking! This podcast is a part of the C Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.